I'm going to have a couple remarks I want to share with you tonight, but I don't, so pray that for brevity, that I can communicate a lot of God's heart in a short amount of time, because the last thing I want to do is turn a prayer meeting into a preach meeting and totally downgrade it, right? We want to pray tonight. We want to pray for this region. We want to pray for Elam. We want to pray for, for all the churches in the region. We want to pray for the lost in the region, uh, but I just have a couple things I want to share to kind of bolster our faith before we get into that. Sound good? Okay. It is my conviction that God wants to visit every single home with a revelation of Jesus unto salvation. Every single home he wants to, he wants to visit by the power of his spirit. If you turn, uh, turn with me to, actually we're going to put it up here, um, Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 23. I want to read this, this prayer of Paul. Okay, students, bear with me here. You've heard this several times, but we're just going to keep praying it, right? Like the persistent widow. Okay, pray this with me if you would, if you could read it from where you're at. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great mights. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. I simply want to highlight one thing out of this prayer. By the way, this is an eternal prayer that the Holy Spirit canonized that the church would pray until the return of Christ. Pray this prayer till you're blue in the face. We can preach, preach, preach. But without the revelation of Jesus, we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation that he would be revealed as Savior to our generation. Amen? I just want to point out here that there is such thing, a reality of the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. The spirit of revelation, when he falls on people, suddenly our eyes are opened in the knowledge of Jesus. Okay, that's it. I just wanted to share that one thing. The spirit of revelation exists, and we are, to, we are to ask the Father for it. Okay, Acts chapter 17, 22 to 34. Let's put this up here. Okay, I'll let you rest your voices. I'll read it to you this time. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of southern Rochester area. I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription. I didn't find this anywhere in this area. Just, I was just playing with you up there. Okay. Quote, to the unknown God, what therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. Next slide. The God who made the world and everything in it 
being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Next slide. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Why? That they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said. For we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone. An image formed by the art and imagination of man. Cool. Thank you, God. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Can you hear him tonight? He, call, he calls men everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. All right. Woo! He rose from the dead. Okay. If you go back the previous slide, uh, slide before this, actually, um, here we go. This point. You know, I'm a YWAMer. We preach go. Go into all the world. Go in the Greek means go. It means to change your location. It means go. That's, go means go, right? And that's the Great Commission. But the Lord's been speaking to me for the past year and a half or so about a binocular view of the Great Commission. Go and go and make disciples. Go. But the other side of the coin is this. Think of your bed. Think of your house. Think of where you sleep and where you dwell. Think of your neighborhood. Think of your zip code. Think of your high school down the street. Here it says that God actually has allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Where you live right now is not by accident. And there's a reason why you live here. What's the reason? That we would seek God. There's something about the geography of the people and the places in this area that make it the perfect Petri dish for all of you to seek God in this place. I have to remind myself of this when I'm in D.C. and I'm sitting in traffic. There's something about this. This is the perfect Petri dish for me to seek God. Check this out. To seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him. Sometimes it feels a little bit like you're like groping through the, and finally you find like a door and you open the door and now you're just in another dark room <laughs> until you finally find the window, right? And there's God finally, right? But the last two words, and find him. It's not just a futile Hamster wheel, seeking, 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 another prayer meeting, 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 seeking, 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 seeking. But no, there comes a point where we find God, where we apprehend Him, when finally we've pressed through the crowds and we grab a hold of the hem of His garment. So, you intercessors in this region, keep on seeking. Keep on pressing in. Keep on praying. You will find him, and you will grab a hold of his garment, not just for you, but for people all over this region. Amen? And all of you in this room 
are living in this area right now for such a time as this. I believe that these prayer meetings that are happening, what, once a quarter, once a, once a month now? Different places around the region? Yes. Yes. As we get together and seek the Lord together, those of us that live in the same region together, we're going to find God together. It's a glorious thing. So my binocular view of the Great Commission is, yes, go. But wherever you are, your job is to seek God and find him in that place. And to get everybody else in that same region to seek God with you. Because God commands all men everywhere to repent. Everybody needs to be joining your prayer meeting seeking God. Every single person. Amen? Okay. Next scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 7. Okay. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for, everybody? All people. Okay. Now, here's the thing. In the governmental intercession and prayer movements, um, this next line tends to get the highlight of these seven verses. But tonight, I want to make an effort to actually try to bring the focus back into what is actually the focal point of these seven verses, okay? Verse 2, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay, next slide. This is the focal point of these seven verses is right here. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. You guys, sometimes as we pray for kings and those in authority in what we call the governmental intercession movement, we end up praying for bills and we end up praying for R's and D's and who's going to win the next elections and all these things. When here, when it says pray for kings and those in authority, it's all about Jesus being the mediator over their life so that they would know the Lord Jesus. It's about a harvest of souls even in the leadership level of our nation. That in the fraternity of, the, of Capitol Hill, there would be such an outpouring of God's spirit that we'd find congressmen and senators getting right with God and being mediated by the blood of Jesus between God and men. That's what it's all about. Right? Okay, I'm preaching to the, to the choir on this one. You guys are awesome. Okay, I want to look at one more verse. Exodus 12, 29. Huh? All right. At midnight... The Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the, his throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. Why am I reading this verse to you guys right now? When you take a look at this verse, the first thing that you obviously see of God's nature or his character is obviously his judgment, right? That's the first, it's obvious. Like, that's the first thing you're like, whoa, God struck down. Action verb, right? But I want to take, I want to try to, like, there's other parts of who God is that's kind of veiled by the obvious. 
that I want to kind of push that veil aside for a moment. And I want to look at who God is in this thing. Okay, he's the Lord, right? Obviously here, he's omnipotent. He is power, right? He's also obviously omnipresent. He's not some Santa Claus that goes from door to door, house to house, going down the chimneys. He actually, at midnight, all the firstborn, whew, a lot of the movies about Moses and the Exodus and stuff, they kind of show this angel that kind of goes from house to house. No, it's not what it says in Scripture. At midnight, whew, omnipotent, omnipresent God. The other thing that I see is intimacy. Huh? God reached into every home in Egypt in a single night. Right into the firstborn bed, firstborn's bedroom. We have an omnipotent, omnipresent, and intimate God. The blood of the lamb that night of Passover was used to keep God out. Now we plead the blood of the lamb to invite God in. How much more in his mercy does God not want to visit every single home in America Every single home in the entire world with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus that all men everywhere would be saved. I want to pray for this. I want to believe God to visit our nation. I want to believe God to visit the, visit the, the greater Rochester area. I want to believe God to visit the United States in every home in an intimate way. How many of you, let me ask a question, how many of you have uh, immediate family members that they've heard the gospel, they've been to church, they know it all, but they're not walking with Jesus? How many of you? Raise your hands. Can I ask you to stand up just so it makes it a little bit more obvious? Okay. You may be seated again. I just wanted everybody to see this. Listen, they don't need another message, do they? They've heard it all. They don't need to go to another service. They've actually been to services. What they need is a revelation and an encounter with Jesus. They need to meet the man. And how are we going to introduce them to meet the man? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Okay, I want to read this to you. From a book called God Chasers. This is a story of Duncan Campbell. You guys, many of you in the room, probably you revivalists that have done revival history, you know this story. Officials sent for Duncan Campbell, who was conducting nightly revival services in that region. They told the evangelist, Would you please come to the police station? There are a whole score of people here, and we don't know what's wrong with them, but we think you might. As the man walked with the officials through the village to the police station at 4 o'clock in the morning, he said it was like a plague had come on the village. People were weeping and praying behind every haystack in every door. This is the Hebrides revival, by the way. Men were kneeling on the street corners, and ladies and children in their nightgowns were huddled around each other in their open doorways, weeping and crying. 
when the evangelist finally reached the police station, he found scores of people weeping and crying out to the police, what is wrong? They didn't even know enough about God to know it was him. They just knew something was wrong and that they were guilty. The only thing they knew to do was to go to the police station and confess that something was wrong. What was wrong was that there was sin in their hearts, and the conviction of God had come upon them suddenly. When these people began to flood the police station with their confessions of wrongdoing, the police didn't, even ha didn't have the answer. The evangelist stood on the steps of the police station early that morning and preached the simple gospel of repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ, and genuine revival came to that place. This is our God. This is our God. We want to pray with faith, don't we? This is our God. He does come on whole regions with the spirit of repentance. He does come on whole regions of where suddenly conviction of sin is real again. And he sets men free through the confession of their sins and receiving the cross again in their life. It actually happens. And sometimes we, you know, as we go on in the systems of our ministries and American Christianity, it's like we get our wheels going and we feel like God is limited to those systems. No, he's not. I was really, I have to read this quote to you. I was so struck this afternoon. I was, I was uh, cruising through the website of Elam. And I, I clicked on the spot where it says, just a biography of the previous presidents of this school. Many of you know this was founded by Ivan Spencer. This is what it says. He, Ivan Spencer, and his wife Minnie were given to prayer and intercession. And out of that pleading for souls was born the Elam Bible Training School in 1924. Out of that pleading for souls. The foundation of this whole campus is a man and his wife that stood before God and pled for souls. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Let's do this. So tonight, I want to plead for souls. I want to pray for this region. And so here's what I think we want to, worship team, if you could come back up here. We're going to do harp and bowl a little bit. Uh, where's the worship team from this region? You guys are just going to minister to the Lord. Just worship over the whole thing. And, uh, and tonight, I want us just to get in groups of four or five around us. And I want us to pray specifically for souls. In your all those that raised their hand and stood to their feet, let's call their names before God tonight. Say, Jesus, meet with them. Meet with them tonight. Come with the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Father, send that spirit upon them tonight. You know, that... that and then, so pray for those that you personally know. Plead for souls tonight. Oh, God, I pray that you give us a spirit of, of, uh, of supplication. A spirit of intercession would fall upon us tonight. God, stir us tonight to plead for the lost. Stir us tonight to plead for souls. So pray for those who you personally know in your families. But then begin to intercede for this region all around us here. Just begin to intercede for this region. We're all in, all of you live here because this is the place to seek and find God right now in your life. 
He's placed you here. You're not living here by accident, right? Plead for God, for a move of God. God, thank you for all you've done. We want more from glory to glory, right? We want more revival. For that, for that man tonight that's reaching to his cupboard to take down that bottle of bourbon, that the Holy Spirit would yank his sleeve, say, no, I have more for you. Tonight, his conscience would be awakened. Amen? Whatever, like tonight, real time, as we're praying, that consciences would be awakened by the conviction of the Holy Spirit all around this region. We want to plead for souls tonight.